0: to see you in church this morning. Is anybody ready to worship the Lord with us? Come on, let me see your hand. Wave at me if you're awake this morning. All right, come on, let's praise God together. You bring beauty from the broken. You make darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. and wonders, and I have resurrection power, I'm still the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified, this is my testimony This is my testimony Come together sons and daughters praises of the Spirit, Son and Father, our God will finish what He started. Come on, sing it. Oh, our God, you will finish what He started. This is my testimony from death to life, because grace rewrote my story. done greater things are still to come So I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is yeah. This is my testimony. I'm ready die. Cause grace rewrote my story.
1: seated today. Man, I cannot yeah. wait. This is going to be an awesome celebration today. This is going to be amazing. I just cannot wait. Uh, my dear friend, Brother Dave Reaver is here in the building. Can you take a moment? Just thank God for him today. Yes. Man,
2: I'm so glad that you're here. Good wow. morning, good morning. Listen, you guys look great today, okay? Yeah. Not that you don't look great Last Sunday or the Sunday before, but today you look really great. I think it's because all of our hair is not as humid because the the heat out that's why kind of mine, off a little that's bit. That's why mine is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's mine's Anyways. looking better than it
1: ever has. Yes,
2: it's great to see you guys today. We're so glad that you have come to Dothan First to worship with us. If this is your first time, first of all, we want to give it up for all our first time guests. Come on. come on, Dothan Welcome. First. Welcome.
1: Yes. Welcome. Welcome.
2: If this is your first time, I want to ask you to do us a favor. There is a connection card in the seat pocket right in front of you. If you'll fill that out for us and hang on to it till after the service. Mark and I and a group of our leaders will be out there in the foyer where the high top tables are and we exchange the connection card for a gift for hanging out with us and we just love to connect. We're not going to take up much of your time but we just want to connect with you and um, just meet you.
1: Yeah and I'll tell you this if those of you that are online watching for our online campus, If you're watching for the very first time, we'd be so honored to meet you as well. Get to know you through this Connect card. You can use the QR code or you can text D1TEXT to the number 84576. If you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray with you. If you have uh, maybe a testimony of the goodness of God, we want to know about that. And uh, especially these last three, that's for everybody in the room as well as those watching online. If you want to sign up for our Grow Track. This is the, uh, what I would say is the pathway toward both membership and ministry here at Dothan First. We would be delighted to be able to celebrate with you, to find God's divine design for your life. And uh, as well, if you'd like to be baptized, we're gonna be celebrating baptism in just a few moments. But we'd love for you to take that next, the, the, the next step of faith after salvation is baptism. And it's a wonderful step of obedience. And of course, child dedication. If you have a child to be dedicated to the Lord, we'd be honored to celebrate in that as well. Well, listen, friends, I'll let you know of a couple things that are coming that's on its way. Um, not only do we have a special guest this Sunday with Dr. Dave Reaver, um, but he, and, and in just a moment, I'll be introducing him after our time of worship. He's going to be sharing a word of God that's going to be powerful, inspiring, and challenging. Um, but I also wanna let you know that next week we have a special guest as well. A dear friend of mine, uh, Mark Flattery is gonna be with us, the head of Network 211, uh, and I serve on the board there. Uh, I love him, and I love that ministry, and I'm proud to be able to have them with us as well. And then also, this coming Wednesday. Okay, everybody say this Wednesday.
2: This Wednesday. Okay,
1: this Wednesday I wanna yeah. let you know that my dad, Pastor Wayne Benson, he is going to be sharing the last in this series on the God of the Valleys. And uh, if you've not been here or been able to be here because of work on Wednesday nights, you can go online and watch those series, the God of the Valleys. You can find that on social media through our Facebook or YouTube. They've been amazing. But I'll let you know this, this Wednesday is gonna be in particular very strategic because he's going to be talking about the end times. How many know we are living in some last days and uh, we need clarity on how to function in the last days. Yeah. My dad is going to be sharing that this Wednesday night at 6.30 so you don't want to miss it. And then the following one, yes. over the, the 4th of July week there, on the 6th of July, we've got something for the whole church yes, to that's celebrate. Right. So
2: everybody say July 6th. This is for you Dothan First Church family. We are going to be renting out the whole Water World. It's going to be ours. Yeah. So, yes, it's going to be a fun time with it from 530 to 830. And what we're going to ask you to do, it's a little bit different this year. And most of you have already done this. And thank you, thank you for those who have already gone and online to get your tickets to sign up. And I say get your tickets. They're free. But we have to have a count. Yeah. So if you'll take that QR code given right now, you can put your phone up to it and get your tickets and so we can lay those aside with your name on it and we also have a table out there in the foyer that you can sign up if you don't want to do the QR code code. we've just got to have a number account for Waterworld for um, July 6th it's going to be fun hanging out with the church family
1: and we do need you to sign up if you show up without signing up you probably won't be able to get in so I'll just let you know that in advance so make sure that you do sign up we've got the park all for ourselves it'll be a lot of fun for your family and maybe uh, those that that are in your family, grandkids and whatnot, and it's a, it's a free event, of course, for our Dothan First Church, so thank you for participating and celebrating on that very special night. Well, listen, uh, as we're preparing for uh, the, the worship time, part of our worship is obedience to the Lord. And there are some candidates that are about to be baptized today. We are so proud of them, so excited about about the, the things that God's placed in them. Listen here's what we want you to do for each one of these candidates that gets baptized I want you to celebrate I want you to shout and clap and make sure that they know that you're celebrating with them in this journey of faith and this decision to be baptized so can you give it up for our candidates as they come come on give it up for all of our baptismal candidates
3: Good morning, Dothan First family. We thank you for joining us today as we uh, continue our worship through baptism. Uh, we're so excited that we get to partner with some of our family members and help them take their next step of scriptural obedience, as Pastor Mark said, in their faith journey through water baptism. And uh, here at Dothan First, we believe that baptism is an outward confession of an inward commitment. It's them saying publicly with this act of baptism that they believe in Jesus. And I want to share a scripture with you in Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. And it says this, for when you were baptized, you were buried with Christ, and in baptism, you were also raised with Christ. And that's what baptism does. It, it displays three critical things that are important to our faith, the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus. And today, these young people get to celebrate that. And so uh, before we go into any names real quick, uh, we have Ms. Catherine Andrews. And I just want to share really briefly. Come on, Catherine. Y'all give it up for her. Uh, Catherine just started coming to youth a few months back and uh, she's been just a light a breath of fresh air to Lindsay and I to all of our students and Catherine wants to share something really brief with you
2: I was blessed enough to grow up in church with my family and being taught how to pray but I have never experienced a greater feeling than the day that I walked into Dothan First for the very first time I was greeted like everyone had known me for years and I was hugged like I truly belonged I knew right then and there that there was no place that I would rather call home. I am so thankful to God for this amazing church family that I have, and I am so excited to have found the perfect place to share my faith.
3: Oh, man. <laughs> All right, Catherine. Upon your confession of faith, do you uh, believe Jesus is the Lord of your life? Yes. Do you promise to serve Him for the rest of your life? Yes. Awesome. Upon your confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. Next, we have Mr. Derek Ford. (laughs) Derek's first thing he said was, This is warm. I just had the honor of meeting Derek not too long ago, and uh, the moment I met him, I could tell there was just a light about him, there was something special about him, even in talking with his mom and dad. So, Derek, I'm going to ask you two questions. Do you believe in Jesus? I do. Awesome. Will you promise to serve him for the rest of your life? Awesome. All right. Go ahead and grab your notes. Upon your confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Good job. Next, we have Mr. Will Lynn. Uh, really, really quick about Will. We call him Little Will, not because uh, of my name, but his dad's name is William. But uh, I, I kind of feel like I take that big brother role. Most of you know his sister, Bonnie, and uh, we love Will. We love the Lynn family, and uh, they've just been so special to us. They They literally have jumped right in since day one. So with that being said, Will, I got two questions for you. Love Jesus. Yes. Do you promise to serve Him for the rest of your life? Yes, I do. Awesome. All right. Upon your confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Come on, let's give it up for all these baptismal candidates today. We celebrate. We celebrate the goodness of God and what God is doing in the lives of, of for some new believers. But friends, today, if you've never made that, that step of faith, we would love to partner with you in the celebration of baptism. And you can sign up to be baptized. We'd be so honored to celebrate with you in that journey of faith that you're taking it's truly a, a great obedient step Jesus was baptized as our perfect example and so I encourage all of you some of you maybe uh, were sprinkled as a child and I've been asked the question well pastor I, I I didn't have any say in it I was a child or I was a, a baby at the time is it okay if I get baptized well absolutely it certainly is, is a wonderful thing as an adult to be able to say, I'm marking this moment and celebrating in that good thing that God has given to me. So friends, without anything further, listen, it's offering time. We get to give unto the Lord. How many are grateful God's blessed you? Come on. If he's been good to you, if he's been faithful, we always ought to celebrate the opportunity that we get to partner with God in the celebration of giving. Now, I will let you know this, Uh, we don't pass the plate here but you can see the five ways to give on the screen by us mail online the smartphone secure give vision app that we have you can text to give or the giving boxes that are on the way out, you can simply uh, take advantage of those, put that in there. Uh, We've got the giving kiosk out there as well. But I will tell you, uh, today we're gonna give a special offering at the end of the service for Brother Dave Reaver. And uh, of course, if you're making out a check, you can make it payable to Dothan first. And then in the memo line, uh, you can put Dave, and we'll know where that's going. We'll talk more about that at the end of the service but I'm just giving you an opportunity and reminding you that that is is to come. This is for your God's tithes and your offerings that are designated. And uh, if you'd like to get giving credit, you can use the envelope in the seat pocket in front of you and then worship on the way out with your giving in the giving boxes. Let's take a moment and pray over this time of giving. Lord, first of all, we stop to recognize the significant historic decision that's that's been handed down this week as it relates directly to abortion. God, we take responsibility as a church to oversee the care and the needs of orphans. And we take, Lord, our personal responsibility for adoption, for helping in foster care, and Lord, for helping those, uh, in, in particular, unwed moms, to have hope that there are options Lord we also uh, recognize the significance of uh, the the challenges in people's lives where maybe they they weren't brought up to believe certain ways and now God I pray that we would uh, in this moment recognize that the sanctity of life and Lord now is our opportunity as a church to come alongside hurting people and with the love of Jesus Christ embrace them Lord teach us to walk humbly and wise in our culture to embrace hurting people Lord I realize there's there's dissension and disunity over decisions there may be anger or frustration but ultimately Lord let the church be the hands of Christ extended with love and encouragement and hope give us Lord the answer from heaven with a divine moment in these United States that we deeply love now God I thank you for the ability to give that we get to partner with you and I pray both the gift and the giver that you would do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask think or imagine it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray it all amen Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give, and uh, I'm going to invite your elders, our collective elders, to make their way toward our stations of prayer today. And during this time of worship, if you have a need of any kind, they are there to partner with you in prayer, taking the biblical model that if, if, if there's any sick among you, go to the elders of the church and let them anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith and see miracles happen friends we serve a miracle working Jesus who his power is still the same as it's always been and so in the back over here by this exit sign in the back by this exit sign and up in the balcony you can receive prayer during our time of worship and celebration of the goodness of God how many know God's favor listen God's favor is drawn in by faith did you know that When you have an, if you have no expectation, let me just, let me me clue you in on something. If you have no expectation of God to do anything, right, that's called doubt, really. It's operating in doubt, and God can't answer your doubt. He can speak to you in the middle of your doubt, but He doesn't answer out of doubt. He answers out of faith. So when you walk in the expectation that you know your God is able, you trust Him for everything, and that is like legal tender in the spiritual realm. You're, it's like passing on you know, a legal tender, it's, it's money, right? It, you take money and you buy things with it. You make an exchange for the, the thing that you want at the grocery store. You put money down and you get that item. It, faith works in the supernatural just like that. You hand God your faith and you say, God, I'm trusting you. I believe you. I expect that you're going to do great things. And you know what he does? He says, I'm going I'm to match that faith with a miracle. And today we're believing for miracles in the house to take place. Would you stand up and let's worship the King together in song and I want you to let that faith arise in you and then let these elders pray for you.
4: Saves the God who sets free, the God who's uh, our comforter, our friend, the trustworthy Father. He who came in power, he will come. Up. Come on, sing that like you believe it this morning.
1: good with us you've proven yourself time and time again that you are faithful you're faithful to your promises you're faithful to your word and you've been faithful to us and God today I pray that for those who are burdened down heavy laden that you'd bring us rest today, rest in your presence rest in The comfort of knowing that you're trustworthy. And I pray that today, there'll be just a sense of your spirit as the word goes forth. That Lord, it will will be receptive. Our ears will hear what the spirit is saying to the church today. And that we'll be changed and transformed for eternity's sake. In Jesus' name. be seated, it is such a joy, a treat, an honor to be able to introduce to you a very, very dear friend of mine, and I know that really I don't have to introduce him, let's be honest, for most of you, you already know who he is, He's, he's he's like family, you know what I mean? You don't have to introduce family each time. But for those of you that may be here for the very first time or those watching online for the first time, it's worth sharing. And I'm not going to tell his story for him. That's his to tell. But he did receive a Purple Heart for the injuries that he sustained as a war hero in Vietnam. And I had the honor of serving him in my first, one of my first ministry assignments as, a, as a, uh, the call of God was on my life and I answered that call and, and hit the first assignment was to serve this man in his ministry and, and I don't know what he was thinking when he made me uh, a crusade director of, of that amazing ministry uh, I don't know if you just had a crazy day and your mind went blank when you, made, when you put me on staff me and Michelle both but God taught us so much through you and through the assignment that God gave us. And I'll tell you this, this is one thing I can tell you for sure. He may have been, he may be the recipient of a purple heart, but this man has a heart truly of gold. And so I want you to stand to your feet and celebrate and welcome with me Dave Reaver as he comes. Come on, stand up and give it up for my friend, Dave Reaver. I love you. I love you. I love the chair. Have
5: fun. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Good morning. I am so happy to be here. Please be seated. I am thrilled to be here, and I'm going to give a real quick explanation about the seating arrangement here. I, in 2010, I was in Iraq, and I jumped out of the helicopter, and I hit wrong, and my feet went out in front of me, and I sat down so hard I broke six vertebrae. And it paralyzed me for two years in my left leg. And uh, they repaired it. They put in 12 screws and two rods. I'm an inch taller. <laughs> How did that happen uh, than I used to be? And uh, they, uh, they repaired the nerve damage, but not the muscle damage. And it cramps up. And after a few minutes of standing, that's why I had to sit through worship. I'm embarrassed to, to do that. But thank you for letting me, because I saved my strength to speak. I'm 75, but I'm going on 50. 50's 50 the new 30. And according to Common Core Matthew, you would be thinking, what, I'm 21. I feel it in my head, but not in my body. So thanks for letting me sit. Uh, I'll occasionally stand when I get out of control. <laughs> uh, I am so happy to be here. Pastor Mark, you and Michelle are, you're just the perfect example of what we wanted to see we invest in young people in early days of ministry. And, of course, no one's invested more into your life than your mom and dad who sit there, who your dad is my spiritual hero and my mentor in many, many ways. And, of course, your mom is the example of a, of the Proverbs woman. And uh, uh, some of you know that, uh, unfortunately, my wife left me for another man, uh, Uh, I got his name, and I know where he (laughs) lives. His name is Jesus, and uh, he took her to his place about a year and a half ago, and I really miss her, but I'm getting better now. (laughs) I'm all right, but uh, I do miss her a lot. And uh, so in my course of ministry now, I find myself referring to experiences that we had together more than when she was living because those are precious memories now. And uh, I told Pastor Mark the two things I learned out of this experience that stand out to me and every man needs to hear me. Um, when you your wife passes, you, the, you need, listen to what I'm gonna tell you. One, while she's still living, every night, kiss her goodnight. Touch her beautiful little face, tell her how much you love her. And then die first so she has to pay all the bills because it's a pain, buddy. Oh, my word, I never got into such deep water in my life trying to pay a bill. I never paid a bill. I didn't know how to write a check, and I didn't know how to cook, and I'd have to, I've gained 27 pounds since she died because I, I ate at McDonald's. Every meal's at McDonald's. And you can't eat at McDonald's and keep your weight down. Uh, so I tried to cook, and uh, I set my kitchen on fire, and they got the fire out with little damage, but it was two strips of bacon, not two pounds of bacon. And I had, I, did, I had the whole thing of bacon in there, and it, was fro- it just was wrong. And the other thing was learn how to wash clothes. Uh, uh, it cost me $35 for the repairman to come out and tell me to close the door all the way on the dryer. And so I've learned a few lessons along the way. The one lesson that stands out more than anything is, she may be gone, but Jesus isn't. I feel sometimes alone because I, all I got now is a puppy but Jesus has never left me alone. And he is with me every hour of the day. And the Lord has signed an angel to me that is now going, the angel's going through post-traumatic stress disorder, trying to keep up with what I'm doing. And I'm having fun, more fun than I've ever had in ministry. And to be here today is very, very important to me because I love the Bensons. And my history of this church goes back before them. Some of you may remember way back the times I've been here, and I'm thrilled to be back. So if we're together for the first time and you're looking me over, well, I'm looking you over. <laughs> you're wondering what happened to me, and I was wondering, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how y'all doing. <laughs> Did I get out of that? Uh, I'd like to mention a few things real quickly. Can I do just a minute of business with you? Because I don't want to do it at the end of the service, but I do want you to know that there are some items available ministry. Uh, George Washington University did a study on on fragrances like frankincense and myrrh and things that are mentioned in the Bible, what those things do to, to have sensory re- return. Uh, certain fragrances spark certain responses in your body. They found out orange oil, essence of orange oil, calms post-traumatic stress. And so uh, there are today, unfortunately, 22 veterans are going to commit suicide. Did you know that? 22 vets, these are our national treasure, folks. 22 vets will commit suicide today. Tomorrow, 22 more. Yesterday, 22 did. It just never stops, it's horrible. And so we're trying to do everything we can to catch them and we call it Catch 22. And it's a little bracelet with 22 lava beads that absorbs that orange of oil and that orange oil and that essence helps be with them all. Day. Our warriors wear them where these things in our programs and they swear by, well, they swear a lot anyway. (laughs) They swear by everything. (laughs) That's kind of funny right there, I don't care who you are. Uh, uh, Look, these items I'm gonna mention, I, I get zero. Not one iota, not a penny, not nothing comes to me in royalties or sales percentage or anything. It all goes to our program for our warriors. We have a shirt for the more green beret or special forces oriented. It's called Freely Oppressed. And in the back, it's got a knife and it's an actual, uh, it's the actual image of the knife issued to the Green Greenberry, but embedded in it is 418. And you remember Tim Tebow in the, in the championship game, he put 316 under his eyes. 90 million people Googled to see what's 316 and found out that Jesus, you know, was given for their lives. And that God so loved the world. Well, 418 is that Jesus came to free the oppressed. Now, 90 million people are probably not going to Google it because it's on your shirt. But the guy in Walmart standing behind you may say, what is that? Because we love secrets, right? And they look it up and find out that, that that somebody came to free them from the oppression. And we have another little thing that's of interest, a shirt for men and women of our Operation Warrior Reconnect. Now, look, if you think this is too commercial and it's out of, let me tell you something. You fund what I'm doing for nothing. You can't do it. We operate on a $6 million annual budget. It's never enough. And our shirts are standing, walking billboards. Operation Warrior Reconnect is reaching our warriors throughout the military, active duty, as well as, as our retirees. And we have a video that was done by, uh, you know, you ever heard of that church there in Dallas Fort Worth with Robert Morris called Gateway? They, I go there frequently and they produced a video for me that's really fun to watch. But DVDs are getting old, it's kinda like BVDs or whatever. <laughs> I just thought of that too. Uh, a book called Nobody's Ever Cried For Me, stories from the public schools of America where the Lord has given me access to this day. Come September, I'm right back into schools. Pastor Wayne, it never stops. I still speak to you about and this is, uh, is a about a quarter of a million students easily in a year. And this year it's a little bit less, but when the war started, I pulled out of schools and went straight into the war zone. And I worked in, to this day in Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, UAE, Afghanistan, Iraq, Bosnia, Syria, Kosovo, North Africa, South Korea, Okinawa, Japan. If there are troops there, they send me there. Not because I'm good looking, it's getting better though. Those of you that remember me from the past, look here. I have a nose. It's five years old, it's a boy. I just love it, it's so cute. <laughs> Y'all think I'm crazy. Well, there was no dame bramage. <laughs> you didn't get that. I got lips back, I have eyelids now and they release my neck so I can, I can turn my head. It's, it's amazing what they've been doing, five years. I've, they don't send me there because I'm good looking. They don't send me because of my mighty military strength. Look, I have to sit down to even talk. They provide me wheelchairs and airplanes and helicopters to fly me all over uh, the war zones. But they don't call me because of my military strength. They don't call me because of my academic achievements. I was in the top 10% of the lower one-third of my class. (laughs) I majored in math. and You know what I found out? Five out of four people don't understand fractions. If you didn't understand that, you were in my class. <laughs> Enough about that. Public schools, the stories of those kids will break your heart. That book, not all the stories end well. I'm just gonna tell you. We love to always, you know, in television, there's always the resolution, the good guy wins. Well, it used to be. Not always in that book does the good guy win. Another book called Scarred, Autobiography, and I'm getting through this very quickly. That autobiography has been updated to my work today as a contractor with the Department of Defense. I'm having trouble with my shoulder. It's out of socket. (laughs) I'm all right. I'm just falling apart. And you're right before you. Help me out here. I can't lift that up. There you go. Uh, It's called, that one's called War and Recovery. And it's short stories from the battlefield to the mission field. How many of you believe God takes tragedies and turns them into triumph? From a purple heart to a broken heart to a healed heart. That's what that book's all about, and it's short stories you can read like a devotional. Very fun to read, a great book. And then finally, a book called Attacked at Home. I am, at this very time, he's speaking today, but I am mentoring and developing over a five-year period a young warrior that was shot. He's a Green Bray, captain of the Green Beret. He was shot through the throat. The bullet went through his vocal cords, through his that big vein, what do they call that vein? Uh, carotid the artery. carotid artery. Threw it, severed it, and into his shoulder and lodged. He's alive. And it's called, and he wasn't attacked in Iraq or Afghanistan. He survived the mass murderer at Fort Hood. And his story's in this book, Attacked at Home. You'll love it, thanks Pastor Mark, and that's all the stuff. But y'all are tired of me talking about my merchandise. Hey, but yeah. Oh, yeah, and one, one more thing, you can, put on your, you can put it on your window. It's called OWR, and what it does, it just draws attention, and it won't fade. That's our quality. Man, it's good stuff. All these things can be purchased with your credit card or your neighbor's card if you found it in your driveway. It's yours. <laughs> but I, I fear I'm too commercial with it, and if it offended you, get over it. <laughs> A scripture from the Word that I'd like to share with you real quick. From Are you ready? Psalm 911. You ever have a 911 in your life? Not 911. That's a great one, too. But this is Psalm 911 and 12 and 13. Here's 911. Sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion, declare among his people his doings. When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them but he forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Have mercy on me, O Lord, and consider my trouble which I suffer of them that hate me. Now, that is King James Version. Now, I don't, I don't how do you say this without getting in trouble? Um, I like the Message Bible, but I don't study it for theological accuracy. Is that okay to say that? I love to read it because it's fun to read, and it's really got a, a review of what I just read. Listen to this. Same verses, sing your songs to a Zion dwelling God. Tell his stories to everyone you meet, how he tracks down killers, yet he keeps his eyes on us and registers every whimper and moan. (laughs) That's beautiful. Be kind to me, oh God, I've been kicked around long enough. I love that. Have you felt like you've been kicked around a few times? How many 9-11s can we go through in a lifetime? You know, we thought 9-11 in September of 2001 was a banner day of remembrance. And then we came up with a year and a half and now even more of a pandemic. It just seems like there's no end to difficulty. Trouble. Nobody's seen the trouble. Nobody's known the trouble I've seen. Nobody's seen the trouble I know. Uh, I don't know how many of you had a hand grenade blow up in your face, but some of you have had it blow up in your heart. I went to Vietnam, got hurt, came back with a purple heart. You went to divorce court and came back with a broken heart. You got kicked around. I mean, you got the washer, she got the dryer, the washer's broke, the dryer worked, it's just not fair, life's not fair. Well, if you expected it to be fair, you shouldn't have been born. <laughs> of course, we don't have a choice in birth and we don't have a choice in what's fair. That's life, baby, and that's in the Bible. Do you know that? It, well, it's in my Bible. I wrote it in and I use red ink. <laughs> in life, we get kicked around pretty often. But we have a Zion-dwelling God. And in in his place, when we're seated in his throne with his son, Jesus, who said, come sit with me in my throne where I'm seated, we're, we may be in this world, but we're just not of it. And I, I want to bring you some encouragement with my personal story, if I can. And I, I'm going to do that this morning because it's been a while since I've been here. And some of you have looked at me and wondered, you know, how can a man be... That ugly and still be living. That's not that. I'm not that bad. I just have a lot of spare parts. I really do. I put them on the bed the other day. And before Brenda died, she went <laughs> out. She said good night, and I was in the other room. <laughs> That's a joke. I didn't have but it's fun to share. Uh, but on July the 26th, 1969, and I hate to say that with all these young people on the front row. And by the way, isn't it beautiful? Isn't it beautiful? Oh my goodness. I, I don't even know you, youth pastor, but kudos, buddy. I salute you. You're doing a good job. When the interest rate shows up on the front row, but when I say 1969, y'all think war of 1812, and I know that. <laughs> but it was yesterday to me. And ask any Vietnam era veteran in this room; it was yesterday. Post-traumatic stress is what that. You know what? You know what the. American uh, Psychiatric Society said post-traumatic stress is the normal reaction to an abnormal situation. The normal reaction to an abnormal situation. Now, let me explain it. You walk over and you put your hand down, it's on a hot stove, ow, you put your hand back. That's a normal reaction to an abnormal situation because you don't go around putting your hand on a hot stove. Post-traumatic stress disorder is, you put your hand on a hot stove, ouch, it hurt, you take your hand up, then you put it back again. And again, and again, and again. And, and you can't get it out of your head. And It's that repetitive, damaging process of not being able to get something out of your mind. And that's why the Bible says we must be renewed in our mind. Not our feet, not our hands, but our mind. Because if we don't have a renewed mind, and if we don't get that mind of Christ, we say, you lost your mind, Dave Reaver. Thank you. Yes, I did. And I don't want it back. I want the mind of Christ. I'd rather have that any day. And so on July the 26th, 1969, I faced an enemy in more than just the physical realm. So let me back up a little bit and tell you some of it. And I want, I'm looking for that clock. It's up here above the blue screen. So I, I want to make sure I've got my time right. Are we doing okay? We're shooting, for, we're shooting for 12, and he said midnight. No, he didn't. I'm kidding. But I want to be fair to you. So I'm going to shoot for about 1130, about. Is that, is that good? Uh, I was When I was born, my mom almost died, and uh, she never did get over it. Ultimately, she did die from my birth because the doctors described it as I got all of her minerals and vitamins into the baby. And as a result of that, her entire body struggled the rest of her life with strokes, brain damage, uh, bone deterioration, uh, emphysema, and she never smoked, asthma, all these things added up, put together as a perfect storm. 70 years old when she died, curled up for decades in a feeding, in a nursing home, fed through a tube. And, uh, but when I was born, she couldn't feed me. She couldn't hold me. And I had a Mexican nanny. And every morning I'd wake up to, David, David, give me a kiss, hurry up. I was out the door and I, I was just a normal little kid, but I, my first language was Spanish. I was six years old when they told me you have to learn English to go to school. I was six years old when they told me I was not a Mexican. I could get my Hispanic mind around that. You know what I found out? At six years old, I wasn't the guy I thought I was. And that was the first time that moment of self-discovery would shock me into a reality that sometimes you get kicked around in life. Sometimes you get hurt and the real you is exposed. That's what suffering does, that's what pain does. It shucks off all the outer coverings of hypocrisy. That's why suffering, as bad as it is, can be good. Now, I don't advocate we stand in front of a city bus get run over so we have a testimony. I've had all the testimony I want. I don't need any more testimony. Unfortunately, it's been a number of testimonies since then. Like the jumping out of the helicopter in Iraq and other events in my life that have done physical damage or emotional damage. And the most damaging experience of my entire life was when her last words were, oh, Davey, I love you so much. It hurts. It's okay. Because I've learned, whether it's that emotional hand grenade of explosion of losing your lover or a grenade that blows six inches from your right ear, the design-dwelling God will not forsake you. He tracks down the killers, but he never takes his eyes off us. He's a God of justice and a God of love. Oh my goodness, I hope I'm saying it right. And I'm really not emotional. I am allergic to this carpet and it has gotten me messed up this morning. And so, I don't need hairspray. (laughs) I keep my hair in order that way. (laughs) That's gross if you're a junior high, you love it when I'm gross. And so, the Zion-dwelling God has intervened in these affairs of my life, but learning who you really are through suffering is something that I advocate. Don't let suffering just hurt. For goodness sake, get something good out of it. Don't let it defeat you. Don't let it overpower you. Draw out of it. Jesus learned obedience to the things he suffered. And if Jesus had learned some obedience, duh, what about us? I'm a serious case of need to learn through obedience. That's why I suffer a lot. God's just doing his best to get me right. So on July the 26th, 1969, the grenade blew. I was trying to throw it, but a sniper put me in his crosshair shooting in my head. He missed and hit my hand and the bullet went through right here and blew the grenade right here and my face came off and landed right here. Everything not covered was blown off my head. If, it's not, if you see it, it was gone. No hair, no face, no ear, eyelids, mouth, lips, all this. And then it went down through my neck over here and got everything else in front of me. Half my skin was blown off. Sixty pounds of flesh went up and smoked just like that. I went blind in my eye, in my, ear. <laughs> it's plastic. <I> can't, it's <laughs> embarrassing sometimes. But when they made my nose and I said, we'll make you an ear." I said, no, I like the plastic one you made because I have more fun with my plastic ear than I ever did the real one. I mean your ears are just boring, you should have a plastic ear because I leave mine and listen to what people say when I'm gone. <laughs> One night I was boarding a C-130 with some SEAL teams in Iraq up near, up near Tikrit and we had some detainees, we call them, they were actually war criminals, uh, terrible Al-Qaeda guys and they were chained to the floor of this thing. So everybody's looking, well, I had to go to the restroom. I was the last guy boarding, and I felt embarrassed. So I'm running, and my body armor is real heavy, and I'm throwing it on. And when I did, I hit my plastic gear and knocked it off. It landed on the ramp, which has divots and, and, and crevices. And I said, oh, no, I said, my ear fell off, and and I, and I need help to find it. And the SEALs looked at me and said, what? I said, my ear, it, it's somewhere on, on this deck. Help me find it. Well, you can't turn on lights, you're in a war zone. It's two o'clock in the morning. You don't want to become a target. So we have these little tiny lights you squeeze. They're triangular and you squeeze them and a blue or, or, or green or uh, kind of a maroon light comes out. And we're down there looking. We're looking with, I got SEAL teams down there looking for my ear. One of them said, you didn't lose your ear. You're just making us look like idiots. I said, no man, really, it fell off. But one of you is close, I can hear you breathing. When I said that, he said, Dude, is it me? <laughs> I said, "You're defending my country. You're the dumbest guy I've ever met." We found the ear. Uh, it fell off, and I. Was, another quick story about my plastic ear. It fell off, and I was preaching in Jamaica. Now, Jamaica, they got voodoo down there, all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, they. I'm preaching, and the whole crowd, thousands, and and. And I'm okay with big crowds. I I worked for Billy Graham for nine years and I was privileged to speak on Monday nights and I'd speak to audiences of 80 to 100,000 people. Didn't bother me at all. But when they all do the same thing at the same time, something's wrong. And this is what they did. (gasps) Big eyed, covered their mouth, sucking air like a Hoover, pointing at me. (gasps) I checked my fly, wouldn't you? Well, (laughs) gentlemen, wouldn't you? My fly was fine, I look around. My ear fell off it's laying on my shoulder. You can't ignore it because they're not breathing. You're about to have Jonestown without the Kool-Aid, you know. I look over. Oh, no. What do I do? I picked it up, dried the sweat, stuck it back on. I thought, now it's okay. It got worse. They thought it was a miracle, and they all got saved. That's a true story. Now, did it get worse? I don't know. They all came forward. I don't know if they came to see Jesus or to see my ear. But God will use anything. Now, listen to what I just said. He uses our suffering to reach a dying, suffering world. So when you suffer, don't shake your fist at his face. Why me, God? Quit your crying, buttercup. Suck it up. Get on with your life. Do what you are called to, because I'm going to tell you something. Through your suffering and your victory over it, somebody going through suffering without that victory will look at you and say, if they can make it. I can make it. That's why Jesus took the hard road. He didn't go to Calvary in a limousine to die by lethal injection. They crucified the Son of God, hands up, palms out. And the whole world could see his wounds and they could say, he knows how I feel. And he does. He's acquainted with, the Bible says. That means he knows how we feel. That's what it means, right, Pastor? That's what acquainted with means. Pastor Mark, you don't have to have scars like me. You've got some on the inside. Everyone in this room has scars on the inside. Some way you've been hurt. What is a scar? It's evidence you got hurt, and it's evidence you got over it. Because if you didn't get over it, you don't have a scar, you have a wound, and you'll hemorrhage to death. So, yeah, a scar is evidence of victory, and it's evidence of empathy. Oh, you got to hear this. Evidence of empathy. When you say to somebody, I know how you feel, you better have a scar to prove it. I got to hurry to share you this with you, but I've wanted to share it since I, I came to my mind last night, and I wanted to share it with you. Uh, I, my, my wife bought me a beautiful yellow Corvette with black wheels and for Christmas. Oh, my goodness. And she bought herself a beautiful Mustang, and we raced them on the carpet, and they were, <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. They were just zipping around all over, and, and, and she beat me. I didn't know that for years she had been saving secretly and she bought me the year model, a yellow Corvette with black wheels sitting in my driveway for Christmas. Blew my mind. She passed away. Do you think that, car, that car's on the market to sell? Are you kidding me? I'll probably be buried in that thing. Forget a casket, just put me in the car and bury the whole business. I cherish that beautiful, it's, it's an old one, it wasn't expensive. But it's, to me, the most beautiful car I've ever owned. And the other day, a wing off a fly, I think it was, landed on the hood, and I had to take it to the car wash. <laughs> and I got out and I drove down the car wash to get to the $6 brush wash, and for $4 more, they do the wheels. So for 10 bucks, I was going to clean that fly wing off my hood. But I had to pass the $45 car wash to get there Are you thinking what I'm thinking? No, I'm not going in there But when the Spirit of God tells me something E.F. Hutton listens, so does Dave If you don't know what I meant there, you're old I mean young So here's what I'm going to tell you I was stupid I hit my brakes, thankfully nobody behind me I slid into the $45 car wash They said, oh my goodness, Brother Dave, they know me there from years past because that day, which was about a month and a half ago, was the 21st anniversary of the day they opened. And I was there 21 years ago when they opened. And some of the old employees still remembered me. God, I don't go there that often anymore. It's a lot of money, right? So I went in, I really didn't go to get my car washed. You see, 21 years ago, when I went in to get that car washed on that opening day, there was a gentleman shining his shoes. He had a big thrown there black guy that. His name's Richard, and he and I became friends that day. We became friends for life. He shined my shoes, but as he was talking to me about Jesus, I discovered he was deacon in the Church of God in Christ, and the Lord spoke to me to give him everything that was in my wallet, which amounted about $200. I gave him $200, $100 per shoe, not bad, huh? He took the money, but it was with tears. He said, Dave, why would you do that? I said, because I want to support your church. Every time I went back there, I gave him hundreds of dollars over the years, thousands of dollars to support his church because God put in my heart to be a blessing to those people. Just like you support your church, I support his church. Well, on the 11th year, I went one day, and he wasn't there. And I said, where's Richard? He said, his wife died. Oh, it broke my heart because he never told me she was even sick. It's a long story, but it has an ending you need to hear. I went back the next week, and the week after, Richard never showed up again. So I quit going until a month and a half ago when that voice said, go into this car wash. I did, and I I really didn't have expectations of what I was about to see, and you know what's coming, don't you? I was going to get that $45 car wash for no good reason until I stepped into the corridor And there he sat on his big throne, 85 year old Richard with his chin down sleeping. I was so happy to see my friend. I started crying, but I didn't want to wake him. This carpet has got to go folks. We got to deal with this. I mean, this is really getting bad. I said, I sat down and I said to myself, I just hope I uh, can get the car washed and he'll wake up before I have to leave. I sat down, he said, never moved. He said, good to see you, Brother Dave. I don't see you on TV like I used to. I said, yeah, I I don't do TV much anymore. I do everything online. I said, you were sleeping, weren't you? He said, no, I'm just resting my eyes. I said, it's good to be with you, Richard. I've missed you so badly. He looked over and he said, well, now you get it, don't you? I said, what? He said, now you get it, don't you? I said, I'm sorry, Richard. I, I'm thinking maybe something snapped, you know. Now you get it, don't you? I said, I get what, sir? He said, you lost your sweet Brenda like I lost my wife. Now you know how I feel. You get it, don't you, Dave? I said, yes, Richard. I get it. And the point of this story is this. Don't tell somebody you know how they feel when you don't. And even if you think you've had the same experience, you still can't identify all their feelings. But I know somebody in a divine, in a Zion dwelling God who knows how they feel and knows how you feel. And when you've been kicked around long enough and that moment of self-discovery has embarrassed you and you're not the man you thought you were, ask Peter about it. Jesus said, you'll deny me. He said, not me. If you ever need help, call me. 1-800-P-E-T-E-R. I'll be right there, Jesus. And when Jesus called him at the jibe of a servant girl and the crowing of a rooster, that's the low end of the feeding chain boa. Doesn't get any lower than that. That's all it took. A crowing rooster. And Peter gave it up. Cursed Jesus to his face. Didn't know it. And we he turned and looked. There was Jesus standing there. And Peter, the Bible says, went over on the porch and sat down and he wept bitter, say bitter. That's not easy, that, that bitter tears. Those are the tears that run out of your eyes and drip through your fingers.
0: Oh God, what have I done,
5: what have I done? And there's not a soul in this room that know exactly what I'm talking about. Now you get it, don't you? And until that moment of self-discovery when you've been kicked around and through suffering and your 9-11 is something, why me God? Why not you? I was on TV one night with a woman named Jan Crouch. anybody remember Jan Crouch? TBN. Young people don't even know what I'm talking about. She's the woman with. She had streetlight hair. I said, sometimes it's red, sometimes it's yellow, sometimes it's blue. It was traffic light, and but I loved her, and she loved me. We were best friends in the world. I loved that woman. She was. She ministered to me and. Went, I, I don't even know how to tell you. There was a connection from heart to heart with her and I miss her to this day, but a lot of people didn't like her, they didn't like her. Right? Most of the time when you're sitting at the top of the heap, a lot of people don't like you. You know, you can be forgiven for anything but success in America. And uh, she asked me one night on TV, she said, Dave, do you still struggle with things out of that war? Do you struggle with post-traumatic stress? I said, and you know when you're tired, You're vulnerable. When you're vulnerable, you talk too much. Help me, I'm talking and I can't shut up. (laughs) I told her stuff only my wife had ever heard me tell. I told her of my suicidal tendencies and how that in Japan, I actually tried to take my life whenever they got me out of Vietnam and I asked for a mirror and they showed me my face in the mirror. I knew a teenage girl couldn't love me, my little teenage wife. She was 13 when I asked her to marry me. I was 16, she slapped me. (laughs) I'm only 13 years old. I said, but you have the body of a 14-year-old. She slapped me again. <laughs> only Brenda had ever heard me confess the things that I said to Jan that night about the suicide tendency because in Japan, I actually pulled the tube. I tried to commit suicide. I didn't have a gun or knife. I laid my head back and waited to die, and I got hungry. <laughs> Blew that. Pulled the wrong tube. And I'm telling the story, and she said, you still struggle with the today? Yes, I do. She said... I said, I deal with this, Jan, and listen to me, folks. This is the voice of a man that's been kicked around just like you, just different ways. I said, I know God didn't do this to me because God does not do evil. And at that time, sitting there with her, I only had one eye, one ear, and one nostril. The side of my head was still smooth skin. They slid open where my eyelids used to be just so my eyeball could see through it. My eyeball was gray. And by the way, halfway through this COVID thing, they went in and operated. They took off all the scar tissue. You know what they found? A perfectly good eye and I can see 20-20 with both eyes. I, and my vision is perfect. Glasses are ornamental and just a little support for reading clothes. Isn't that cool? I was suffering the day I was sitting there talking to her and I'm telling her and I said, don't, I don't blame God for what happened. I know he didn't do it, but here's what I don't know, Jan. I don't know why he didn't stop it. If you can stop something, aren't you vulnerable? I mean, aren't you liable if you don't stop it as though you actually did it? I mean, that's my way of thinking. It's just as bad to commit the sin of omission as the one of commission is still sin. Are you listening? Please stay with me. Let's work through this a moment longer together. I said, if he could put the moon in his face, why couldn't he stop a 7.62 bullet out of the muzzle of an M16, uh, of an AK 47, going through the back of my hand, hitting a grenade and exploding at six inches of my face, burning half my body with 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit, white hot phosphorus? Why didn't he stop it? And she looked at me and she said, Well, you know, he didn't shoot you that day and he didn't set you on fire, but he didn't stop it because, and what she said after the word because would change my life an eternity forever. The power of words. The fulcrum of my life was on the word because she said because he knew he could trust you with the scars. He knew he could trust me. What higher compliment is there in life that God would let you go through a period of suffering because he said, oh, he can take it. He's, she can do that. She's strong and I'll be there and I will never miss her whimper and cry. But I'm going to track down the killer that hurt her. You listen to me. Justice is God's problem. Ours is getting up off the ground the eighth time we've... Are you listening? Are you listening? So the grenade blew, I went blind to my eye, deaf in my ear, got my sight back, got my hearing back, got my ear, got my hair, my, yes, my hair, it's my hair. I bought it. There's a bald guy in Wuhan. Some good came out of there after all. It was made in China, forget it. I, <laughs> y'all are getting hungry and I'm getting boring. So I need to move forward quickly. Helicopter landed, picked me up. They rolled me on the stretcher of what's called a dust off. That's the helicopter, it's like what you would call an air flight. It came in and they rolled me on the stretcher. And I set the stretcher on fire and I fell through on my head. You ever have one of those days? They got me rolled up in a wet blanket on another stretcher on the helicopter and the pain hit that had not hit because I was in shock. And when that pain hit, I said, medic. And when I did, it scared him. He almost jumped out of the helicopter. True, and the pilot lost control. We were dropping. I thought, oh Lord, we're gonna crash and I'll be the only survivor. They got me to Saigon, Japan, where I tried to take my life. And to punish me, they took my last will and testament because they said I'd die on the plane. They sent me home, but I lived, and I got to America. And they landed at Lackland Air Force Base, and put me on a helicopter, and flew me over to Fort Sam to Brook Army Medical Center, and put me in a tank in the debreedment room. We call the debreedment room hell. We call the tank the pit of hell. It was the size of two or three bathtubs, had about eight inches of saline water in it when they lowered your body and your body displacement pushed the water up to your face. And they splashed the water on what was once skin it's now charcoal. And that water felt so good and I tried to be funny. I said, do I get rubber duckies? They didn't laugh because they knew hell was about to bust out in full swing and they grabbed those little instruments of torture Knives, scaffolds, scissors, pliers, pinchers, whatever, and they started after me. And for two minutes of horrible, unspeakable torment, they ripped and cut and filleted the dead skin off me that they could before I went insane. And they do this twice a day, every day, till all the dead skin's off your body. Because if they don't get the dead skin off, the Bible causes circumcision. If they don't take that dead flesh, it'll infect your body and you'll die of gangrene, it'll go systemic and your body cannot deal with it. It hurt so bad and I went nuts. I grabbed her. her, hair was a little bit longer than the other girls, there were six of them working on me. And I grabbed her hair and I flipped her into that tank with me and I had her face in the water and I was trying to drown her because she was trying to kill me. She was safe, they got her out in an instant. Five people had her out. When I looked up, my skin is all in her hair. And her white uniform is pink with diluted blood, my blood. And I was so embarrassed for once in my life, I was speechless and you won't find me speechless very often. I didn't know what to say, I just looked and I was so embarrassed. And then they said, I think he's had enough. And then I spoke, I think he's had enough. I repeated it. They put me on a little gurney and a medic would push me down to what was called death row. It was the ICU, 13 of us in there nicknamed The Baker's Dozen, because we were all to die. They didn't want us dying on the main ward. It depressed other patients who could live. So they put 13 of us in there because we could depress each other to death, and I must have been pretty depressing because I'm the only one left. They all died. You ever heard of survivor guilt? I can talk to you about it. I can write a book on it. People say, Dave, you burned a candle at both ends. I wish the candle had 12 ends. I'd burn all 12 of them because I got to live for those guys They were in that room. They don't get to sit here and tell you the story of a Zion dwelling God who heard my whimper. They don't get to tell you the price they paid for freedom to sit in this room and for a nation to stop killing babies. They don't get to tell you the story of their sacrifice. So when I tell you, I'm burning the candle at both ends, I'm twice as bright. Amen. And so, on the way down to death row, and by the way, they, they put that robe on me there. You know, that thing didn't come together in the back. That's why it's called the ICU. <laughs> I didn't have to go to medical school to learn that. I figured that out of my, that's where I already discovered the army draft. <laughs> y'all are fun you catch everything and uh, the medic on the way down now this is after coming out of the pit in hell where they stripped my skin off I've tried to kill a woman I'm desperate on the way he said in the morning at 8 30 we're going to do this again I looked up at him and I said you're not going to do this again you're not you're, not, you're the army is big enough to put me back in that tank Now, that sounds like a lot of bravado. You hadn't heard the rest of it. You see, I was still master of my own destiny. I was still suicidal. I could still pull the tube. You see, the problem with being the master of your own destiny is you've not had that moment of self discovery and you need to be kicked around just a little bit longer. Am I making any sense? I want him to be master of my destiny. Destination's where I'm going. That's set, but the destiny is how I go about getting there. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. I don't want to be kicked around by him. I want to be led by him. Amen? I've been kicked around enough. I want to be led. And so, they got me to my room, and there was my sweet little wife. Everybody's wives or mothers were there. Woman in, went to the guy in the bed next to mine, took off her wedding ring, threw it on his bed, and she said, you're embarrassing. I couldn't walk down the street with you. And She walked out. He died. There were 11 left. They all died before I left the hospital. I'm the only one that lived. 13th obituary has not yet been written, and the way things are looking, put the pen down. It may never be written. But I'll never forget that day when that little teenage girl walked up. She been down and kissed what was left of my face, looked me in my good eye. She said, I just want you to know I love you. Welcome home, Davey. And when she calls me, Davy, hey, hey, hey. I said, baby, I'm sorry. She said, Why? I said, Because I can't look good for you. She said, baby, you never were good looking. <laughs> Y'all are cold, listen to you. <laughs> that morning, the next morning, 8:30. I hear the rattly wheel on that gurney coming, sound like a Walmart shopping cart. The announcement of the arrival of the death angel by a wobbly wheel and a blue-draped gurney and a medic and a group of medics coming to pick me up. They put the gurney up beside the bed, but they forgot to lock the wheel when they swung me over. The bed separated and trying to hold the bed, the guys on the foot end dropped me. And I went down, and when my feet hit the ground, it jarred my body. You might as well have taken a baseball bat and just hammered me. I let out a yell of no whimp. Oh, it hurt. Ah. And I'm holding on with the head in. I don't want to separate through The rest of my body hits. And I went through a moment of self discovery. I found out I couldn't stop falling through the cracks of life without help. He was six foot four, five maybe even six. He weighed maybe 350 pounds, solid muscle. When he moved, cannonballs popped up on his chest and shoulders and arms. And he was bald and he was black and his name was Rosie. And it was tattooed right there so he could look down and say, yes, I'm, I'm Rosie. It's a true story. Honest to God as Christ. My witness. I'm telling you a true story. He put an arm under the back of my head. I stiffened my neck. I had help. I'm not going to fall. And he reached down and picked me up. And I was a featherweight. And he held me in his arms. And he turned. No gurney for Rosie. He carried me down that long corridor to the pit of hell. And lowered me into that tank. And they splashed. And they cut. And they ripped. And they filleted. And it hurt. Oh, God. Shoot me, burn me, stab me, beat me, but don't ever debreed me again. It's, worse. it's the worst physical pain I've ever known. It only compares to the emotional pain of losing Brenda. And that day, I looked over, I saw Rosie lean against the wall with his giant arms folded, his beautiful ebony skin reflecting tears of the morning sunrise. Looked like little streams of gold splashing on his arms. His lips were moving. Rosie was praying for me. He was in the room, he was there. You see, God takes care of the killers, but he's taking care of me. I relaxed and they thought I died and they quit hurting me and I remembered that. Then on when it hurt, play possum. Play dead, they'd leave you alone. They said, Rosie, come, he's had enough. And he reached down in that filthy water, picked me up. And out of that mirey mess, they wiped his arms off and scrubbed my body with terry cloth and till the blood flowed. They couldn't do the grafting till the blood flowed. Oh, if you can just capture a few of the illustrations without shedding of blood, there's no remission. In this case, it was my blood. (laughs) And he turned and instead of putting me on a gurney, he carried me down that long corridor. And listen, as he walked, these are the words that I share this story, no matter where I go, how often I've been there, I'll always share this story because this was the turning point of my life. As he walked, these are the words he said, you'll be fine, big man, you'll see, you'll be fine. You'll be fine, big man, you'll see. You'll be fine. He said it over and over, all the way down to death row, lowered me against my air mattress, pressed against the masters, extracted those forklift arms, turned face me. I looked in the face of a man I'd never seen before that day. Into those auburn eyes, I think I saw the sun, the moon, the stars, Jupiter. Who was this man, Rosie. He said it again, you'll be fine, big man. You'll see, you'll be fine. he did something I never let a man do. You know what he did? He kissed my forehead. (laughs) He walked away. End of story. Almost, and I think I can almost pull this off if I hurry. 20 years later, 30 years ago, but 20 years after my injury, I'm in the great state of Oregon and I'm speaking for the Air National Guard. Fourth of July event, 20,000 people came to hear me talk. That day I love a crowd like that. I, I gave them everything I had like I'm trying to give you. Everything in me was just poured out. And when I got through, it was a huge ovation out of the crowd walks a woman, very beautiful, in a business suit, short cropped hair. We call it charcoal, kind of black, kind of white mixed together. She was a little older than me. And she said, you're Dave, right? I said, yes, ma'am. I'm thinking without, of course, we had big screen TV 30 years ago. And she said, you're Dave? I said, yes, ma'am. I'm thinking, well, she's trying to identify the speaker, which is pretty easy, the one-eyed, one-eared, flying purple people leader. <laughs> that's funny too, I just thought of that. <laughs> she said, you're, I said, yes. She said, that's your nickname. Your real name's David. I'm thinking, well, it's not Bartholomew. I feel like she's setting me up for something, right? So. She said, that's your middle name. And I said, oh, how many of you knew my middle name was David? Not many. How did she know? She said, actually, your first name is Milton. You're Milton David Reaver, R-O-E-V-E-R. I said, yes, who are you? She said, I'm the nurse you pulled into the tank 20 years ago. I was embarrassed. Scar tissue does blush I said madam I can't I am so she said I thought it was you I didn't recognize you with your clothes on (laughs) don't go to Sunday school with your teacher if she's a nurse so we laughed then I remembered Rosie and she would remember him. I, thought, I said, Madam, do you remember a guy named Rosie? If I tapped her on the head with a ball bat, she staggered, blinked like she came out of a trance. I haven't thought of him in years. I said, what was his real name? She said, all I remember was Rosie, and it was tattooed right there. I said, that's him. You don't know his real name? She said, no. I said, do you know where he is? She said, I don't know. I said, do you know where he came from? She said, I don't know. I said, when did he come to Brook Army Medical Center Burnward? she knew she said when you did i said when did he leave she said when you left <laughs> the bible says the angel of the lord encamps round about them <laughs> i fear him and serving was this man rosie an angel was he an angel on assignment could be i don't know i kind of hope not i hope he was a man on a mission A man who cared enough to catch another guy falling through the cracks of life. Who'd been kicked around long enough. One who would carry me where I couldn't go. One would pray for me when I couldn't pray for myself. Love me when I hated myself enough to kill myself. A man who spoke words of encouragement. You'll be fine, big man. Oh, I hope he was a man on a mission. If he's an angel, it's hard. There's a couple of things wrong with that. If he's an angel, do angels have tattoos? <laughs> and wait a minute. Angels have to be white like me. Stay with me. You see, I didn't come to Dothan first to just share a story. Or sell you a bunch of product. I didn't come for the love offering that you're gonna give, and you're gonna give a good love offering because you know I don't get it. It goes to my warriors. I'm not worried about that. Why did I come? One reason is to ask you would you be a rosy to somebody? Would you carry them? When they're going through the worst moments of their life, would your lips be moving in prayer? Would your tear reflect? a sunrise of hope for them. Would it be possible that you would carry them where they can't get on their own? Words of encouragement. Can you do that? Find somebody. You know them. They live in your house with you. Some go to work with you every day. Some of them are your schoolmates that you keep in touch with during the summer break. Be a rosy to someone today. And I have a little video I'd like to show you because I am a rosy to someone today. In fact, while I'm speaking to you, one of my ranchers is completely filled with first responders, ATA agents, ADA, uh, DEA agents, and policemen. Today, the, the ranch in Colorado, which pastor's been there, some of you know I'm talking about, packed out with first responders being given a chance from Rosie for a new life. I want you to watch this short video. It lasts three minutes and 30 seconds, I think. Would you watch it and see if you can capture why I built the ranches, what it means to me to do the most difficult thing I've ever been asked to do. It's not go downrange or jump out of a helicopter and break my back. The Most difficult thing I've ever been asked to do is to bring them home, grinding away the night at 21,000 feet in a C-130 filled with what we call caskets transfer cases draped with flags, wondering was the next Billy Graham to be, did he just surrender his life with Valor on that field and he's in one of these boxes? What about that nurse killed in Balad at the airport hospital? Was she the next Mother Teresa? You and I will never know the cost of freedom in this life and it will be one of the greatest amazements on the other side when we discover what freedom really costs. You'll see the hardest thing I've ever done to myself and for my country is to bring them home dead in a box in the angel flight. Would you show the video? there's another flight coming. The ticket's already been purchased. The The seat of Simon is yours. I suggest you take a window seat. But it's of no value until you accept that ticket. And then the day it's punched, welcome aboard. Where heroes welcome home that you have no idea the joy that lays ahead but we are given an imagination to figure it out the best we can don't miss that flight amen come on folks don't miss the flight so I'm going to ask you a simple question are you ready have you got your ticket as we're speaking right now at about this very moment they're doing renewal of vows at the Colorado Ranch men and women that have gone through separation and are not only contemplating but have already gotten papers for divorce are having their marriages restored as I speak I've watched time and it's now that they're doing their marriage renewal of vows pastor precious wife Wayne and Kathy come and are my best trainers Amazing what they do for my warriors and they come and speak they transform their lives I'm not saying anything they're not aware of what happens at that ranch could I get you to join me in a renewal of vows and if you are walking in right relationship with Christ let's say so let's renew our vows let's return to our first love as it were and I'm going to lead you in a simple very simple short ceremony of renewal of vows but while we're renewing our vows for those of you in this room and that pounding heart tells you something that firm grip on the pew in front of you or holding on to the one you're saying why are you why are you so moved because the Spirit of the Lord is wooing you, he's drawing you, he's loving on you loving back renew make your vows as we renew our vows and let's do this together right now out loud eyes open head raised come on let's do this together Lord Jesus I give you my heart. I ring in my ears the sound of my voice. It is that ring of eternity that words last forever. I love you, Jesus. And those words will last forever, Lord. I embrace you in my marriage. You're the bridegroom and I'm the bride. I give you my life. Forgive me of all my sin. And receive me now. And from this day forward, confessing you as Son of God, confessing you died and rose again, confessing my sin and your acceptance of my life, I am now born again, I say, I do. And I cease from sin, I'm not gonna sin anymore. Oh no, this marriage, rascal. I'm not gonna cheat on you, Jesus. But if I do, but I won't, but if I did, but I'm not making excuses now to sin later. I'm just saying, I'm not going to sin. But if I do, but I'm not, I know I have an advocate with a father, my barrister in heaven, my lawyer, my Lord, my King of kings. I will serve you till the day I die. Amen. How's that for some marriage? Come on, let's get up for Jesus in the house. I've extended the time a little. Thank you for your patience and nobody walked out on me. I love you folks. You're just amazing. Pastors going to come. There's going to be an offering taken for our ministry. Our ministry. The check won't even be written to me. You need to know when I tell you I have evidence on the front row We do what we say we do. It costs us $30,000 average and it's come in that same average for years until now. And it's more than that, but I haven't had a chance to increase that number by virtue of cost of travel, which has gone from $2 a gallon to $7 a gallon in many parts of this country for diesel, for for our equipment and for airline flights. Folks, I need your help. One session is 30 grand. I've got one going on right now and I hadn't paid for the last one. So if you can help, now's the time to do it. You can give the way the church has shown you. As you purchase our materials back there, if you want to increase it and make a gift, you can do that. Pastor will get a full report of any and all contributions at my table. You need to hear this now. Pastor, I don't need the names, but if I just have the numbers. If... Anyone in this room and I hope a number of you. I don't know who's in an audience. I don't know you I may have the richest guy in Alabama sitting in this room right now. You know that I may I don't know it I'm not gonna throw out a minnow hook, but I'm fishing for the whale If you can give a $1,000 gift or more up to $100,000 Oh brother, we've had nine people do that and it's matched by banker insurance Who's on the same board? Pastor Wayne Benson sat on with before. He matches every thousand-dollar to hundred-thousand-dollar gift. We're at nine hundred thousand now. I want one more hundred thousand. I want to nail him with a million dollars. I can't wait to do it. God's going to bless this ministry because we are good stewards. And here's the rest of the story: If you give a thousand, he matches it. You can give it on your credit card. Pastor gets a full report. But do you remember the widow? five dollars my friend is as important to God as five hundred thousand dollars when it's the best gift we can give and it's given in mercy not in sorrowful pity oh pity the man no mercy is to give because you believe God's going to bless that person and they're going to be better off because you did it and they're going to pull them out of the pit are you with me say amen Thank you for letting me mention that. If it offended you, I wasn't talking to you. I only talk to people I do not offend. So if you were offended, you weren't even part of the conversation. Thanks for your giving. Don't forget. Stop by that table, get some merchandise, and give a gift. $1,000 or more is matched. I'm Dave Reaver. I approve of this message. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Come on. I love you, Dave. I love you, Pastor. I'm so proud of you. Oh, you got a backup. Yes, sir. I got it. Thank you. Today, we get to partner with what I'd call good soil, right? When we talk about good soil, what it really means is that we have the opportunity to partner where there's an increase in what we give. So let's take a moment and pray over this time of giving. And the five ways are on the screen. You can see that. Let's take a moment and ask the Lord to bless what this gift represents souls. Lord Jesus thank you for the opportunity that we get to give and now as we partner with an incredible ministry that is helping the greatest heroes that are standing on the front lines of freedom for us to come home in a way that can help restore them body, soul, and spirit and God I pray that as we do that we personally would see increase in our own lives. That God, not just that we would receive back from you a financial gift. Lord, we thank you for those blessings as well. But Lord, that peace in our soul and fulfillment in our spirit and the joy of becoming a rosy to someone who needs it. God, thank you for allowing us to partner with heaven to do the work of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to give quick instruction for those of you who are wanting to give by way of a check. You can still make it payable to Dothan first, but in the memo line, as I said it earlier, just write the word Dave so we know where that goes or a portion thereof. You can earmark that on the, the giving envelopes or, of course, any of those ways that you see there or the giving kiosk. I just want to make that clear uh, that every dime of this offering is going to go toward that ministry. And uh, I'm so proud and honored to partner with them to do it. It really is a, is, is a great honor of mine that most of my ministry life has been partnering with Dave Reaver. And I'm so honored to do it. Well, listen, I wanna quick give you a, a couple of quick instructions. First of all, on the way out, Dave will be stationed there. Uh, if you'd like to, to pick up one of those books, he'll be out there and available. Um, it, it's his joy to celebrate with us the good things that God's doing here in Dothan and specifically right here at Dothan First and um, the other thing I want to mention very quickly before I release you with a blessing is this he talked about being a Rosie to somebody and I know friends there's a lot of Rosies in this city I've met a lot of them doesn't matter how much money they have or how good looking they are or how many Twitter followers they have I'm telling you uh, pain it, there there is equality of pain when it comes to the things that we walk through and some are they hide it well there's some in this room you've hidden it well i want you to know that i'm not asking just challenging you to be a rosy i want you to know that we here at this church we want to be a rosy to you and for you and with you to come alongside you to stand with you and to partner with you for the good things that god has in store for you that this pain would be for a purpose let's make our pain count for something amen I want to release you with this blessing may the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to this city to the, the to the united states and to the world but specifically to your world to your family to your friends to your spouse your kids your grandkids your co-workers your neighbors i bless you to be a blessing in jesus name amen amen friends for everyone that's here today i want you to know we have a warrior bible For anyone who's either served in the military or are currently serving in the military, free of charge, those warrior Bibles are available on your way out today. It'll be on your left-hand side. You just take one. It's free of charge. We just want to say thank you for your service to our country. We honor you today and we celebrate you today. And with a special permission from your pastor, you can uh, take one if you're non-military, but you're giving it to someone in the military you can get special permission from me and we'll give that to you as well free of charge hey we love you God bless you we'll see you either this Wednesday or next Sunday God bless you you're dismissed